0: Headlight. light. All right, and we are live. Welcome, everybody, to the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova. I've got with me the one and only Xbox All In. He's a good friend of mine, excellent YouTube channel. Make sure you go subscribe to his channel. Everything is down in links below. Xbox All In, my fellow brother out here in Hawaii. Let's go ahead and introduce you. Tell people who you are. Yeah, man. Um, hey, great to be here on the Cast podcast, dude. I've been
1: following your channel for a while, not just because we're friends, man. It's the content you provide, I just wanted to say, man, congratulations! The your videos, and you have definitely blown up. Um, I've been watching your podcast, man. Some of the people that you've been getting on the podcast that I've seen so far, amazing. Do good job. Continued success, and it is a pleasure to be here, man. I, I really, really, really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Definitely, I'm. I'm. I'm really honored to have you on. The podcast, man. We've known each other for years, right? And uh, man, I remember back when the Xbox One launched, and we were there at the at the launch event. That was crazy. Yeah, we, were.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do, and, and and that's actually the first time I've been to midnight events, just like yourself. Yeah, um, but I had never seen a midnight event like that with Microsoft, man. There was like so much swag that they were giving out. <laughs> it it
0: was, was crazy. It
1: was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> especially for Hawaii, man. That was actually.
0: You know, big ask for Microsoft for that dude. Definitely, like they—they they really went all out. Um, but yeah, man, we're gonna go ahead and get into some of these topics here. Like, so one of the first ones I want to talk about, like, so people can get like a and uh, a background. Like, what's your history and background with gaming? Like, what got you into it? What are like, you know, what was like your favorite console? I know, like, your Twitter uh, feed is uh, Sega Forever, so I know you love Sega. Yeah, huge Sega fan. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and let people know. Yeah. So what I like when they
1: ask me, and uh, my age kind of shows, but I'm an old school gamer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've
1: been gaming since the arcade days, man, and that's where I kind of cut my teeth on it. Dude. In fact, um, when I was growing up, on uh, for those of you guys who know in Hawaii, uh, there's a place called Haliiva, and mm-hmm. uh, the first video game I played was a local barbershop shop there, and they had Mooncrest and Galaxian. And after I played those two games, man, I was I was eternally hooked. And I've been doing this my whole life, man. I used to call it a hobby, but now I call it a lifestyle. And uh, like you, man, we came up with all the different consoles, with all the arcades, all the games in the arcades, man. We're kind of old souls in that sense. Um, And then eventually I would actually find Sega. That's why my, uh, like you said, my call sign is a Sega forever.
0: And that's my gamer
1: tag also on Xbox, if you guys want to hit me up and uh, we can play some games sometimes. Um, But that's the first time I became kind of a fanboy. Um, before that, I was just a gamer like anybody else. And I still maintain being a gamer, but Sega was the first time that I saw something that I really could attach to. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and, and that comes from the arcade too, man, because I used to play a lot of their games in the arcades. That's what they're known for, was actually their arcade games. And then when they started developing home consoles and stuff, of course, with the Genesis, um, that came to the U.S. And then ever since the Genesis, man, I've been, I've been playing ever since. From the Genesis to the Saturn, I had, I even had the 32X. Man, I had the Sega CD. <laughs> Anything <laughs> that Sega put out, I would buy. Um, but like you, man, I watch your channel. you do a lot of multi- uh, multi-console stuff, and I am the same way, or I used to be. Um, and that's where we can kind of get into the Xbox stuff. Which is like what you wanted to talk about on this podcast. I actually became an Xbox fan and consumer, man. It's because uh, Sega is no longer around, at least on the, at least in the terms that I remember them and the way I used to actually enjoy their product. When they actually used to be a developer and a publisher. And used to be a console maker as well. So um, once that those days were gone, you know, I was just kind of playing whatever games I wanted to play. And then Microsoft came along, and ever since I played, the first time I played Halo, man, was, that's what got me hooked.
0: Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I would say, like, the, the original Xbox, at least for me, because I was huge on the Sega Dreamcast. And when Sega killed off the Dreamcast, I believe it was 2001, and then when... Um, the original Xbox came out. To me, I felt like the Xbox was Dreamcast 2, especially with the yeah. amount of support yeah. that Sega threw at them. Right. Yeah, you're not the only one,
1: man. I mean, uh, and I know Microsoft was helping on the Dreamcast as well. They used to have the Windows logo on the back of the uh, Dreamcast. Um, I think they did the operating system, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, that that. was the, the, you're not the only one that says that, dude. A lot of people feel that way. And that's why a lot of Sega guys kind of, you know, it was easy for, easy for them to step over to um, the Xbox.
0: Especially in the U.S. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like uh, having Halo at the launch, I mean, that really just set the, the the standard for, I feel like, all the shooters of current gen, even though you, you could trace it back to, you know, the original Doom and Wolfenstein, or you can go as far as, like, uh, uh, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark, but I really right. feel like modern shooters took almost all of their cues from Halo and just went with it. Yeah,
1: to me, what, what what struck me the most about Halo is, like I said, I wasn't really an Xbox guy. And if you remember, when Xbox was deciding to uh, make a console, you know, get into the console market, you know, a lot of people was clowning them. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were saying that that's just their way to get Windows <laughs> into the living room. <laughs> um, But the thing that I found interesting the most about Xbox was um, it became kind of a cultural phenomenon, at least from what I remember, because like I said, I was not Xbox at all at the time. I had all, I had Nintendo, PlayStation, and definitely, you know, the Sega, the Sega systems. And that's what I played. Now, when Xbox came out, I was looking and getting it just because I'm a gamer. And mm-hmm. That's how a lot of us used to be. Um, but I wasn't prepared for the experience that Halo, at least for me, when I first played it. You know, I didn't play shooters. I was basically, these are the games I played. I played platformers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? I played sports games, right? Tech Mobile, uh, Joe Montana football. It was never good at Madden, but, you know, since everybody played it, I played it. Mm-hmm. NHL 17, I, I basically stuck within my genres. I could play a lot of different games, but there were particular games that I played. And that changed, though, when I when I actually played the Xbox and I actually played Halo for the first time. And that's the first time I was exposed to a shooter on that level.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think before, like, uh, in, especially in the 90s, uh, before they started calling them first-person shooters, I believe they used to call them uh, corridor shooters or something like that. And it was primarily a genre that was almost exclusively on PC. And you had your rare exceptions like Daikatana Katana um, 64. And uh, right. it uh, was a Turok 1, 2, and 3 and then Rage Wars and whatnot. But you didn't really have it to the extent that um, it is like until like the Xbox. And and I think what was the other two that was popular that came out after Halo was uh, Time Splitters, which I'm still waiting for a fourth installment in that series yeah that was actually cool <laughs> <So good. laughs>
1: but, uh, yeah, man. I think the the, the thing man, that got me too about Halo, um, that a lot of people don't give it credit for is the controller, because I remember yeah. people were saying, especially because most smooth shooters, like you said, were on pc right, mm-hmm. and then trying to put trying to put a game that has shooting mechanics onto a console was thought impossible because of the controller. The controller was a limiting factor. Um, in fact, you remember when the Dreamcast would do uh, a couple of their Fantasy Star Online and stuff like that? They actually came with mm-hmm. the keyboard and the mouse. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was never thought that you could do that on a console. And then Halo was the first game to actually do that, which I thought was really cool. And, and, you know, you wouldn't have your Call of Duties and you wouldn't have all these other games if it wasn't for that first Halo game and that they were able to get around the controller issue. You know, tell found me about, I'll do videos on my channel about controllers and, and, and Microsoft controllers. I have a kind of a deep connection to it. As far as that's concerned, because, like, to me, that's the that's the game that actually got me to get an Xbox was Halo. Okay. So I'll put it to you this way, dude. I, I I had a lot of friends that were in the military. So back in the day, you know, when you didn't have live and stuff like that, you'd big LAN parties, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so everybody would carry their TVs. Man, I used to carry my big 32-inch tube television, put it in my car, drive to the base, hook up with my boys over there, right? <laughs> then we'd run all these lines, right? <laughs> so they had the birds. So what we had all these li- uh, LAN lines just going throughout the whole hallway man and everybody was in a room and you know that's how you have your uh the lamp parties and stuff like that and that's how we had to play it and i didn't think i would even sell them playing a game like that or even be interested in and after i had that first experience dude i actually that same or the very next day i went out and i bought an xbox so that i could get halo right and that's how deep it goes for me as far as microsoft you know when people ask me if i'm a microsoft fanboy i can't say that i am um, I am a fan of their console because I find myself more of a Sega guy, right? Because yeah. there's things and, and experiences I have with Sega that I'll forever cherish, man, and I'll always remember. At Microsoft, I don't have that same connection. So mm-hmm. there's very few things I can say, but that's definitely one of them, dude, because that's, that was an experience that I'll never have again. You know, for a lot of people, they won't be able to think of, you know, have that same experience like we did. But, you know, I'm not sure if you're in the same boat as me. But because we have live, and I'm not complaining, you know, I think live is awesome. But you know, we didn't have it on that level like we like you know like we have now back then.
0: Yeah. So
1: I think this is one of the reasons. I mean, talking about Microsoft and Xbox, where it doesn't have that fandom mm-hmm. that other people that other companies have. You know, like people yeah. that will fight tooth and nail. You know, I used to be that way too with Sega. That's why it's kind of interesting for me, because I don't get too upset about stuff when it comes to the Microsoft camp. But definitely, I still will <laughs> I still represent <laughs> Sega because that's where I find myself
0: more. You know, that's where I grew up in.
1: With yep.
0: their games and stuff like that I mean you know I'm definitely there with you man I'm I'm hundred percent with you and you know touching on if you know being hundred percent honest though Xbox the reason we have online gaming to the extent that we have it now is because of Microsoft you know with Xbox Live setting the standard I believe it was a t- summer of 2002 or 2003 when they launched Xbox Live and it's just it's been a uh it's gone through many revisions, but it's been right. such a stellar service that everyone has been compelled to just hop on it. I mean, Sony held off for you know a whole console cycle. I mean, you had the PlayStation online with the PlayStation two, but it's limited to like a few games here and there. Um, then they eventually like even with the PlayStation three, I don't think they fully implemented it to the extent that Microsoft was doing it until halfway through the playstation 3's life cycle and then nintendo has completely held off on it um, up i well i think they're trying to bring it in this year i think the end of this year with the switch but you know microsoft has been the innovator of a lot of things and um you could even trace it even further back with the the, the sega dreamcast because with my right. their, their online for the dreamcast nobody was doing that i mean Hell, you could even take it even further back in Japan. They were already doing that with the Sega, the game, was it the Sega Genesis? Because I remember there used to be that X Band modem cartridge you could put in and put certain games in and like Mortal Kombat and what. It was super limited. Like very few people could actually use the X Band. But, you know, Sega influenced the market in such a grand way. And I, I feel like a lot of this generation, the only thing they know about Sega is, you know, Sonic. And Sega it's, it's Sega's so much deeper than that. Yeah. Sega was always, um,
1: it was kind of their greatest um, strength, but also their greatest weakness to me anyway, as a Sega fan. They were very innovative. They were very cutting edge. They always did stuff to push the envelope. Yeah. Um, and that's why, as a Sega guy, it was easy for me to cross over to Microsoft, because Microsoft does a lot of the same thing. Um, I know they don't get a lot of credit for it. But if you look at some of the stuff that they push, like you're talking the online component and stuff like that, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is there's just things that they did that um, that innovated the industry, which was similar to what Sega tried to do. Now the big difference between them, and this is a joke that I tell a lot of people, mm-hmm. is because they didn't have, you know, Sega didn't have the money that Microsoft does. So <laughs> because that's pretty much it was like, um, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword as far as Sega concerned, because they would push and innovate. And sometimes that would get them in a lot of trouble, man, because it's still a business at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, if you look at a game like Shenmue, which was way ahead of its time, you know, yeah. they in fact came up with their own acronym for it, Um, which I, I'm drawing a blank on, man. Sorry, about my age. Um, <laughs> no but they, there was nobody doing that kind of stuff on that level. And was always that company that I was doing that, that kind. So I remember uh, me and my other friend talk about this all the time. Um, I remember they were the first one that had like a virtual... um virtual reality type game that was in the arcades and the thing about it i couldn't ever play it because the thing was like a dollar fifty so again <laughs> yeah, you know at that time you know we're still in the quarter we're still in that quarter phase man some places it was going up to 50 cents like if you played a uh, dragon's Lair or space ace you know that's that was the time when they started inching up them quarters right yeah but um as far as i can remember man even with uh, a lot of the cabinet games that sega had, um like the dreamcast you now some of the games they had that had the peripherals um, with the fishing rod, you know, about yep. fishing and stuff like that, or marine fishing, or House of the Dead. They were always an innovator. And like I said, I mean, that's why I think I find myself um, kind of transitioning to Microsoft um, in 2013, especially. Um, because that's the only company to me that's, that's pushing the envelope. And in a sense, the only company that can because of the, the amount of, uh, of wealth that they have. <laughs> I mean, they're crazy. It's crazy. Like when they get it, when it's council war and all this kind of stuff kicks off between um, all the different you know, whether it's Sony, Nintendo or Microsoft, and their fans and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: um I never really get into it um I just don't like the hypocrisy of it, I'll just mention that, but because I look at Microsoft as being on a different level, yeah, you know because of the just because of the sheer size of their business, you know they're a huge corporation, and I' could, i and that's why I kind of like them now because I see the innovation just basically coming from their side of the camp. Mm-hmm. I know Sony has like a VR thing, which I think is actually pretty cool if you like that kind of thing. Um, but as far as everything else, man, the only people I see doing things is is Microsoft right now, and that's probably why I I ended up going with the system as as
0: hardcore as I am now with the Xbox. You know, and I'm gonna say this, and it's probably controversial to a lot of people, but I truly feel like that the only two companies in gaming that are actually taking chances of Creating new and you know, experiences are Microsoft and Nintendo. I think Nintendo, for them doing a lot of their unique experiences, it has to do with them being you know, a toy company, you know, originally, right. yeah. Okay. And I feel like for uh, Microsoft, it's just the fact that they've always innovated, they've innovated. I mean, they basically re you know, revolutionized the PC industry, they've got you know, the, the corporate side with Office and everything, like, they're such a they're basically an umbrella of services and it's just that they, they know how to constantly over and over and over just innovate and innovate. And I see Sony, you know, I know a lot of people praise Sony and they're like, Oh, they're the best in the gaming industry right now. But I look at Sony in a way that Sony has kind of plateaued in a way. I feel like they're basically like the PlayStation four to me is a lot of what they did with the PlayStation three is just, we're not really innovating; we're just maintaining the course of what we know is successful. Whereas, you know, Microsoft's taking chances, like the Xbox uh, Game Pass, which I think is phenomenal service. And I remember when, you know, I worked with Microsoft; they were talking about it back then, and now they've implemented it, and it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing service, but yeah, that's that's my <laughs> my two cents on that. Yeah,
1: well, I know for Nintendo, man, i never had a problem with Nintendo or their fans. And one of the reasons why I don't is because Nintendo, as the company and their fans, as consumers and fanboys of their product, they know what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, like like with the Switch, I know that the, uh, what was it, the Wii U? Mm-hmm. I had one for my kids. My kids played it, but they weren't really drawn to it, you know, um, on a level like they were with the, with the original with the GameCube, man, because so I had a GameCube. Um, mm-hmm. They finally died, but I really? mean, they, yeah. So like I had, like I had every every console system up until this new generation, where mm-hmm. now I just stick strictly with Xbox. And there's there's reasons besides just being a fanboy. Dude, this financial. <laughs> you know what I say? There's <laughs> all like, We live in Hawaii, man. You know, living here ain't cheap. No, nah, so, um, not at all. <laughs> you know, so I just go where I get more bang for my buck, and the one that I like the most. But the thing that I always respected about Nintendo is that they know that consumer base and even though they get and it's usually from people nintendo or, or not their fans that talk the most about it like they, they, they wish they would do this and this um but nintendo won't man and i, and I think that's one of the things that, that make them you know that makes them successful yeah because it's like to me when i look at them they they're they're happy where they are um they know what they're they definitely know what they're doing and you know their fans like what they do you know like if you're a person that don't like nintendo for because of what they do they don't buy their product
2: and um, it's that it?
1: yeah it's that simple and and that's why i don't you know i've I've never had you know anything with nintendo fans i mean now on the sony side and i've done a couple of rant videos i try not to do as much because to be honest with you i'm you know i don't have a playstation mm-hmm. so i don't talk about them as much right Mm-hmm. but I'll speak, on, I'll, I'll speak on Sony in this terms because I used to be like a huge Sony Sony guy. And I'm not talking for the PlayStation because I was more on Sega side right, and, and an arcade gamer, mm-hmm. um, but definitely for their electronics, man. And I'm pretty sure you were the same way, man. We kind of grew up with that. Sony was the electronics king. Yeah. So everything I owned in my house was, was Sony, from my Walkman to eventually my Discman, my cameras, my televisions, my sound systems, with the exception of Iowa. That's the only other thing I had that wasn't every other electronic equipment that I had. And I'm talking rice cooker. (laughs) You know, everything, everything was Sony. And the reason why is because of the quality of their product. And even though you would pay a premium price for their stuff, you knew you're buying quality product, man. My, my, um, CD player, Mm -hmm. I eventually ended up not using it because we were going digital. That's what killed it for me. It did not stop playing. And the kind of cool thing about it is I still have CDs and it, and it was one of the first things that, uh, that skip uh, protection
2: mm-hmm.
1: so no listening to your cds you could turn in every which way but the cd wouldn't skip because it had that that's one of the companies that built that in there so that you know because they know a lot of people listen to their stuff on on the go and one of the problems with cds back in the day is if you you had to kind of sit still right because if yeah. you touch the equipment just a little bit that thing would just skip and you could scratch it um but that's to me was sony at the height of their greatness uh, since they like to use the term greatness and um you know in in all the movies and everything i consume from them and um i find that not so much so and you know that's not me hating on them but but it's one of the i I tell you that story to tell you this it's one of the reasons why i've gotten away from a with with sony because as you said you know they were dude the amount of studios they had the amount of games that they would put out every you know i mean if you had a playstation dude you were not you were not thirsty for any type of game, dude. They had everything and anything on the sun, man. And the one cool, cool thing about being a gamer back then is I had multiple systems and I like to play a whole lot of different games. Mm-hmm. You know, but the Sony we have now is not that same Sony like you were just talking to. You know, they're a different company. You know, they're not that powerhouse. And one of the reasons why, which I try and explain this to people, especially on the Xbox side, the reason why Sony could do a lot of that stuff is because they're a big company. If one of their, if one of their, if they made a mistake, like you remember when they had mini discs that didn't take off. Yeah, you know, it's all these different divisions. Like maybe a movie didn't do well, you know, or maybe the mini did fail, but they had Croft and Tiger, Head and Dragon in the theater. You know, I think at one time they had like nine or ten movie studios under them.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: and and then you know I give them a lot of credit because I'm a movie guy, as you know. So you know, if it wasn't for them, we probably wouldn't have had all the foreign films that we had. You know, because they did bring over things like Crouching and Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and stuff like that. Stuff that people at that time wasn't used to doing. Like, you know, you had to go to, this, or wait for something to come out on the on, on videotape, you know, to watch stuff. Um, but to me, that's when they were at their zenith, and now they're just a whole different company. And we can get into the cultural stuff, I feel, um, uh, as far as that's concerned. But, I mean, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And it's one of the reasons why I've kind of gone away from the PlayStation, especially after the PlayStation 3. PlayStation 3 was my last count
0: and I know I you know thinking about the PlayStation 3 like for me because I I had a day one uh 60 gig and and I feel like the price the different hard drive sizes I feel like Sony didn't really know how to capitalize on the PlayStation 2 because they did so well with the PlayStation 2 and it's like how do we top that and then they made a console that was so powerful but yet hardly anyone could you know Program for it or make games run functionally well because if a game came out on PlayStation 3 and on the 360, your best bet was to just get it on the 360 because it ran Mm -hmm. like crap on the PlayStation 3 until like people eventually got around to understanding like how to program for it. And I kind of feel like you know the PlayStation 3 could have run a little bit longer because I feel like a lot of the power behind it was never utilized, and I think a lot of that kind of processed over to the PlayStation 3, I mean, PlayStation 4. And I've also felt that it's just like, you know, the 4 was just not the leap that it should have been. But, you know, that's 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 my thing on that. But as far as Xbox, I've enjoyed the original Xbox. Uh, that was my second console from that generation right. uh, after the GameCube. And then I had the 360. I remember when I got the 360, I just almost exclusively stopped playing the PlayStation 3 just because yeah. everything was just so much better. As like the online was solid, the voice chat was so so much good, the interface was quicker, and uh you know the games, it was just if you whatever you wanted, you could play. If you wanted, you know, JRPGs, even though these days people complain that Xbox doesn't have the JRPGs, but like on the 360, if you want JRPGs, you had Blue Dragon, you had Lost Odyssey, Infinite Discovery, you had a lot of stuff to play. If you want shooters, you want adventure, you want the cinematic stuff. Xbox 360 had it all, and, um, and then when the Xbox One came out, like when it when I remember the day it launched, as far as exclusives, Xbox One was trashing PlayStation 4. For like the first three years of exclusives, because it came out with uh what was it? Dead Rising three, Forza five. You had uh, uh Rise, which I still think Rise was a yeah. good game. Yeah, I um, love that game. I still play it <laughs> good. You know, and it's it's just amazing how you know this current generation of gamers how they're just trashing. And, and that' was another topic I wanted to roll into, but you know, it's just amazing how people are hating on the Xbox now and I feel like a lot of it does have to do with that 2013 E3 um, that really kind of damaged the public perception, even though Sony was going to do, is basically doing the same thing that Microsoft was doing, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, uh, but you know,
1: <laughs> uh, they changed that really quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to avoid that. Uh, so here's the, here's the situation I have. um uh, okay I'm trying to uh, try to be politically correct on this uh, without getting speak, too much into it But your I my mean, man <laughs> well okay well, what you, what, okay well I'll just keep it with Microsoft then um, you know every every you know every game company um, whether it's Nintendo um, PlayStation with a Sony Nintendo Sony or Microsoft right mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll even go back as far as Atari man. sometimes these guys end up feeling themselves a little bit too much right yeah and, and that's usually when they, you know, have their biggest failures. If you look over the console generations, right? Nintendo mm-hmm. was king, and they wouldn't, they didn't want to change from a card-based system, and they were looking at doing disc-based. Then they decided to stick with the card-based. Then you had your, you know, with, with the PlayStation with the, with the PlayStation Three and the Emotion Engine and, all, and the Emotion Chip and all that stuff that it was going to do. I, I still remember that announcement, man, um, with those rubber duckies in the, uh, in the bathtub. <laughs> I can't remember that. So you're like yeah, yesterday, and man, with the um the Xbox One. Now, in defense of Xbox, since I am the Microsoft guy here, um, <laughs> they might have been feeling themselves a little bit, but in my opinion, because I hear people say that a lot with them, and they might have been, um, especially what they had to do that was ahead at the time. Um, but, but the thing I see with, with Microsoft that they did is they didn't read the tea leaves. Um, they, they came out with a system. That, yeah, was the most powerful where people were saying, well, they're not listening to consumers. And, I, and, and in my opinion, they, they did listen to the consumers. The problem is they read the consumers wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Microsoft, to me, thought that they had a fan base. They thought they had a fandom. Okay? And they didn't. They really didn't. People that ended up playing the 360 were people like me and you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still the Sega guy. Sega, Sega guy to, to, to the core. So I didn't have the same affiliation or, or excuse me, the same affection uh for microsoft that i did for sega and even to this day i hate to say it you know it's just like it's just like uh microsoft is my new girlfriend but i still think about sega mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my, first, <laughs> my first my first, girl right yeah um and that's i think for me that's how it's always going to be and for when when microsoft came up with that because they saw that they sold so many 360s that they were winning in the third party titles that they were you know you know sony had a hard run for a minute i mean they kind of evened out at the end of the console cycle but it was too late and uh, Microsoft did something that a lot of people said they weren't going to do, and they actually became viable. But to me, Microsoft looked at it being viable as being, okay, now it's our turn. We're in, we're in the lead, we're in charge, and we got our people, and we're moving forward. Right? Because if you look at what the Xbox One is, and I don't see a lot of people talk about it, Xbox One is just the Xbox 360 missing some features. That's all it is, dude. Me yeah. and you both know, as people that own the 360, when I turned my 360 on and I looked at my uh, friends list,
2: mm-hmm. this
1: is the first time even that I had um, I had over 100 people on my friends list. A lot of it, um, the majority of my friends list, thanks you know, thanks to one game which was Left 4 Dead.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: that's how I met the majority of my friends on on Xbox Live. I got them because we all played Left 4 Dead together. Um, and it, but every time you turned it on, they were either playing something like Left 4 Dead or watching Netflix. Yeah. And i'm just being honest i mean i would go down the list of things and and they were doing other things they were doing things other than you know playing games the majority of the people on my friends list but when you're looking at the numbers and and just looking at the the numbers um you know uh, just looking at the numbers and not getting the actual feel Mm -hmm. of the culture and the community this is where you make those kind of mistakes now i know that you're on your channel you become a little bit political yeah i mean i'll just say something like to the point of if you look at our last election right Mm -hmm. How people were blindsided. That's how Microsoft. To me, that's what, what happened with Microsoft in um, in 2013, because they they believed that they were just continually what people wanted with the 360 and expanding it and to their consumers. And they found out the hard lesson that they really didn't have that. And I'm talking like people like us. Like if you're like I know we're into comic book movies and stuff like that, right? It's mm-hmm. the same thing. If you go online right now and you see somebody arguing Marvel and DC,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. What Microsoft? You no, know, Nintendo can be DC and 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 Sony can be Marvel. What Microsoft is is their um their Boom Studios. <laughs> you know they're that independent comic book company that people will will mess with, but have really doesn't have that that close fan base. And I'm saying that those Okay, I don't want to get anything. Not saying that the independent you know comic books people don't. They are, but I'm not not on that level like Marvel and DC. You know the, the, the these people fight tooth and nail for their companies and their heroes. You know, and Microsoft to me finds themselves at that as that odd man out, mm-hmm. and I think that's the that's the horrible lesson that they learned in 2013. Because if if it was the price, if the price was the issue, right? Three hundred and ninety nine dollars compared to four ninety nine to me is not a big price difference, especially if you're a gamer like we are. We know our, our hobby costs a lot of money. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Like the the price issue would matter to me if the PlayStation uh, PlayStation um four was two fifty. Or three or, or or you know 299 and, and the xbox one was uh 500 but that was not the case but it just boils down to and you know we can get into the hate stuff i don't want to take the your time about this but that's what i saw no man I mean, good
0: go, go ahead because this is all yeah. organic conversations man it just flows and i i'm i'm getting like I, i'm enjoying this part so good definitely keep going in <laughs> Uh, but this, with Microsoft, and even to this day,
1: I mean, they're trying to build up, there's a YouTube community online, but even amongst the own, their YouTube fandom, man, there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm deep into this, unfortunately, um, but there's a, there's a lot of hate in the community as well. I mean, people don't get along with each other in the sense that as far as their opinions, which is fine, but I'm talking about what you consider as a brand loyalty. Yeah. Right. And Microsoft just doesn't have that, you know,
0: from my point of view. Anyway. Your thoughts? No, no, I, I, I fully agree, and I, I think, you know, to, to, to add to what you were saying, I think they really did feel like they had a following with, you know, with having uh, Halo and Gears of War and Forza. I mean, definitely at this point, Forza is the dominant racing experience. I feel like it wiped the floor of Gran Turismo, especially Sport. But you know, as far they felt that they had. Their key franchises that they could just fall on people would buy, right. and this generation has kind of shown that they don't care. They're like, they're like, no, we're we're not that loyal to you. We're just gonna go back to whatever, you know, Sony has. Like, oh, okay, you know, and and, and it's it it's definitely something for me. It's frustrating when I'm seeing um, every time Microsoft does something, people are upset about it or they want to rag on them. They're like, oh, like case in point, see if thieves. How you know right. that came out, and everyone's trashing it, and a lot of people trashing. See if these have never even touched the game; they never played the yeah. beta, they never played the full game. And it's just to me, it's amazing. I'm like, how are you so adamant about saying that this game is horrible? You, you never played it, or it doesn't interest you based off someone else's playthrough. Like, what yeah. happened to the day? Like I know when you and I were growing up, if you know, especially during the '90s and such. If you want to try a game, you can always go to like Funko Land or GameStop or Babbage's or whatever. And you could, they'd let you play it for five minutes or so. You can get like the demos from, you know, PlayStation Magazine, whatever, and try out a game. Whereas now it's like you don't even need to personally experience the game or the controls or anything like that. You see somebody else's, you know, playing it. It's gospel. And I think that's really you know a lot of people say that they they want Xbox as a brand to die off and they want this duopoly of Sony and Nintendo and I don't think that's a good idea. Like I, I don't think we need only two. I mean they need there needs to be three in my opinion. Even more. I'd I'd rather I'd rather have a fourth one. If Sega wants to come back with another Dreamcast Sega, if you're listening. I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And don't give my hopes so, up, man. Don't get my hopes
1: up. Look, I'll, I'll speak on this real quick uh, about Microsoft. Like um, you're talking about that. This is going to be hardcore, man. i probably get some hate for this, but I'm just going to be honest. Go, ahead. Go ahead. If Microsoft leaves, man, this industry will die. If Microsoft leaves, this industry will die. It, it will yeah. not continue. Because right now, they're the only ones that are innovating and pushing things forward. They're mm-hmm. the, to me, they're the only ones with the money that can do that. And they're the only they're the only ones with the infrastructure, and and corporate corporate power to do so. I mean, I hate to put it in that's the only way I can put it because right now they're you know games if if Microsoft is the only people right now the only company right now out of all of them that's pushing games in a different direction. Whether I might like them or not, there's some of the stuff I do not care for. Like I said, I'm an old school gamer. But one thing I do as an old school gamer I realize is that things have to change. Things change number one, and things have to change. Um, and right now if Microsoft did drop out, man, I don't see anybody innovating because like you said, when it comes to Sony, man, um, they're not innovating no. and in some senses they really don't have to, you know, I really don't have a bone to pick with Sony as a company. I have a bone to pick more with the gamers us because of the messages we're sending to people, right? You know, you brought up Forza. The reason why I think Forza and all these mm-hmm. games are amazing is because I don't like racing games. Mm-hmm. I don't like racing games. Um, the only racing games I liked was like Daytona, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff that you played in the arcade because they're arcadey type racing games. And then I would play like there's a couple games that came out like Project Gotham Racing and stuff like that. That kind of blended Tokyo Extreme Racing. They blended that they blended that arcadey fun uh, fun factor gameplay with kind of the sim aspects of it. But yeah. I never did dive into it. And like I had friends that played Gran Turismo, and what I liked about it, I used to watch the replays because I thought it looked amazing. But I didn't want to spend time. that I'm not a gearhead. So I don't want to spend my a lot of my time tuning stuff, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Then a the game like Forza comes around, right? Which mm-hmm. has the best of both worlds, at least for me. So every year they come out with a Forza, every year, and I'm buying it. And the reason why I will, you know, attest to how great the game is, is because a guy like myself, who doesn't like this types of games, buys their game every year.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: not now I'm not going to sit here and make excuses from this. People that buy the game that have problems with maybe they didn't have enough cars or they felt rushed, you know, everybody has their own opinion. But I'm saying, at least for me, the person who never cared for these kind of games can buy this thing, everything, and enjoy it. Especially the last one, though, with uh, Motorsports 7. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most, to me, when I play that game, that's probably the most um, open-ended, trying to be, appeal to everybody, uh, general audience uh, Forza that they've ever, ever done. And they've added stuff in there. You know, like if you race, you can get outfits and stuff like that. You know, they've, they've gone the route of trying to make it, um, I hate to use the word generic because that's a bad word, I, I, I'm having a, I'm a loss for words right now. But they're they're trying to have, give it mass appeal. Yeah. Right. And again, like I said, I don't usually like these kind of games, but that's why I find myself playing it because there's always something to do. You know, it's just racing around a track, you know, for five hours, you're, just, you're actually trying to accomplish stuff. And to credit, like we're gonna talk about the, uh, the games that Microsoft's been putting out for the Xbox One. Again, if you don't like these types of games, understand, don't play them, right? Maybe that's not mm-hmm. the console you should be playing. I'm not trying to sell Microsoft on you. But what I will say is, as me, as an Xbox guy, because I get this a lot, like I'm just a fanboy. It's not me being a fanboy. I really do like their games. Like Rise Son of Rome, people might find it repetitive, right? I find, I try and find, okay, i not trying to be gross here, but because there's stuff that you can do in Rise Son of Rome as far as the kills and stuff like that and chaining combos that I try and find ways to do it and be, be creative about it. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. if you play the game and you're in the arena, there's certain ways you can take people out, and I don't think I've found every single way to do it. Yeah. So when I play the game, I try and set up my kills to find out, you know, can I use this item? Can I push this guy off a level certain a certain way? If I do this, will I have a you know, will the screen go in slow motion like it does sometimes?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Or can I change? You know, what's the what's the longest amount of combos? That's not repetitive to me. That's fun. And I think Microsoft did that with the games to give their games replayability. Because if you look at games like Sea of Thieves, Titanfall, Rise of the Roam, even Dead Rising. You know, it has a story mode to it, but there's stuff that you could do with some of those weapons and taking out zombies that are just crazy. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what Microsoft's goal was. Again, okay. to your point.
0: No, that's completely right, man. And and it's... um. And that, that kind of wants that has me want to segue into like some of the other stuff with Microsoft. Like, like since you've been playing Sea of Thieves, like I, I want to get like your perspective on Sea of Thieves. Uh, a lot of the hate is getting, and you know the other Xbox exclusives and services they have, like Game Pass and, and EA Access. Like, want to get your perspective on that too. Well, you know, I know you talked a little bit about the streaming and stuff like this.
1: And in, in this case, I mean, you know, good or bad.
0: Um, mm-hmm. In this
1: case, I think it's really good. Um, streaming will really work out for CFDs, like you said. I mean, um, we both have the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I do uh, uh, play it the other day. As far as I played with my kids, so I got that full multiplayer experience.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and there are people. There's like uh, there was one person playing with us that wasn't part of our crew, because there's only three. Um, and then the other day, I finally got to sit down. I didn't want to talk about it um, without talk about it on the podcast without actually playing a single player experience. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I'll say about CFT is what it is. It's it's it, it's in itself an experience. This is something that a gamer has to experience. Um, now you can watch a stream to get an idea and stuff like that, but until you play that game yourself, I mean, I don't think you can formulate. I don't think you can truly understand what this game is. And I'm not saying that you might that you know that you might like the game. This game is not for everybody. Right, because there's parts of this game where you're gonna take some patience. There's some stuff you got to figure out. It's not gonna hold your hand and take you from point A to point B. Yeah, you know? definitely. There's not. some stuff that once you start playing it, you're gonna understand about the game, and then you're gonna to know to do it. But the bottom line is, until you experience it yourself, dude, you, I, I don't think you form an honest opinion about it. You have to play the game, right? So, like, if you're a person like going back to what you were saying a little bit earlier, dude, we, you know, the guys that they, they got be good nowadays, man, right? These dudes got it good, man, because they can. They have they have so many avenues and options to go to, right? And even if the person's being biased or being a hater, you can kind of filter. You can use a filter, right? It's just, like, it's just like regular news, right? Mainstream media news, dude. You can use a filter to kind of understand what you think is what's true or not, especially if you know yourself a lot, right? It's the same thing with gaming, man. But the options that are out there for you to form an opinion is, is, is amazing. Dude, back in the day when we did, dude, either you, like you said, you had options, but we were limited. Some of us didn't have that ability to go there or borrow from a friend. Mm-hmm. Dude, you just have to base it on what you liked, the premise, what was on the back of that box, and you was rolling the dice. And sucks to be you if you bought a game and it, was, it didn't live up to your expectations. It was nothing like you thought it was going to be, right? You know, that was just a that was just the way life was, and you just moved on, right? Sometimes you're going to get burned. In this day and age, in this day and age, um, with the options that they have, unless you don't know what kind of gamer you are or what you yeah. like. Or you need people to make up your mind. I mean, there's nothing I can do for you. And and going back to Sea of Thieves, um, if we're going to encapsulate it in one word, word, man, it's an experience. And I only know that from from experience myself because I've been playing the game. You know, when I played it with my kids, yeah, I will say as a multiplayer experience, that's what it's kind of built for. You want to have fun because you're having fun doing stuff. For the first 45 minutes, all my kids, me and my kids did was trying to figure out um, different things to do with the instruments.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. And then, in fact, my son looked at me and he said, uh, hey, Dad, do you think we can play this instrument on the water? And I'm like, well, let's find out. So we jumped in the water and he can. And mm-hmm. so we spent like a portion of the time just running, you know, swimming towards fish, seeing if it'll chase them off. And it's kind of cool because it'll play that muffled music that you get when you're underwater. water. So, I, again, you can't get that until you start doing that for yourself, even if you see it on a live stream, dude.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, again, you might not like it, but, you know, you watch people having fun because that's, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to enjoy. It's a one-on-one um, first kind of main basis with that game that you're going to get. And, and until you play it, dude, I don't think you, you, you'll you feel it. Now, I'm not saying, again, for you to buy it. Maybe you don't have the money. I had Game Pass. So I was able to play it on Game Pass. But I also went I like the experience so much, I actually bought a copy for my daughter. So I bought two. One for Game Pass and one for my daughter to play.
0: And like, speaking of uh, Game Pass, like, I remember um, when – more people, I feel like it was a couple of months ago where people finally started to warm up to the idea of the Xbox exclusive games going straight to Game Pass and the whole concept of Xbox Play Anywhere. And, you know, it, it amazes me that a lot of people now are warming up to the idea when Microsoft was hinting at it and even talking about it like a year ago, uh, even a year and a half ago. And people were just bashing it. And it just seems like anytime Microsoft decides to implement a new service or go a different direction with Microsoft, or I mean with the Xbox division, it just seems like people were so quick to just hate it. And it's it's really an unfortunate thing, in my opinion. Like, they're trying new things. And I feel like that's the one thing a lot of companies these days are not trying to do is how can we innovate versus how can we just stay you know stay the course of what we're doing like if you were to compare and i'm going off topic here in a little bit but if you were to compare like shadow of the tomb raider or not shadow of the Tomb Raider, what was the last one rise of the tomb raider and, and uncharted 4 uncharted 4 just felt like more of the same with a rope whereas i felt rise of the tomb raider just took the experience and you had the jump scares you had the survival element like they took chances so that, that's kind of the way I feel like between Sony and Microsoft. Like, Sony is just not – Microsoft's trying a whole lot of things, and it's a Game Pass compared to, like, Sony's uh, – what is it? the Play Now or whatever, and you're just streaming right. the games, and you're not really being able to play it locally on your computer. And if you have a horrible connection, good luck with that. But
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, the streaming service. Um, and, then, and that's where we go to um, the differences between the companies. You know, the resources that microsoft has, has as compared to what sony can do mm-hmm. um and again you know i mean if they going to do stuff like that i mean they do it in the preview of their own uh, you know what they feel that they need to do as far as their system and stuff like that so you know if their fans like it that's fine uh, for microsoft the one thing i like that they do is they're always going to push that envelope whether people like it or not you know a lot of people gave game pass a lot of hate uh, when they first when they first thought about it, because they thought it was a streaming service. And the one problem I have with a lot of people on social media is they're quick to jump on you know jump the gun,
2: yeah,
1: on what these companies are doing, especially Microsoft. You know, and uh, and I'll put our own Xbox community on blast for this because they do it too. You know, a lot of the people I hear, it's great as fans. Again, me and you being fans of a lot of different stuff in pop culture. It's always great to speculate, man. You know, it's something that we do. You know, so it's, it's something like uh, you know when you read comic books, man. You were at the comic book store, you know, you hung out with your boys, and you talked about stuff. You know, this is no different. We're just going online. with it. We're doing podcasts now. The problem I'm having is people, you know, that think they, you know, in fact, in your last podcast, you had a uh, man. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but I oh, Indu. D- got... uh, in
0: the gaming yeah, one. So he's the... In the, he...
1: oh, yeah. yeah, the gaming one because he was talking about being in the industry, you know, and there's very few people that know the inner workings of what's going on in the industry. You know, a lot of it's speculation. Some people know more than others. Maybe they know an executive and stuff like that, but even then, you know, you don't know what these companies are doing, <laughs> you know? So when you have something like Game Pass, you just, a lot of times, what we used to do back in the days, you just take it at face value. And then you'd be like, okay, well, we'll see what, how it goes from there. But, but there was a lot of people that were against it. Then there was a lot of people that was comparing it to Netflix. And then I did a video on my channel with, with saying, you know, for the hate, I was like, well, let's see what happens first. And for the Netflix thing, I was like, you know, slow your horses. Because for a general audience, you tell you tell them Game Pass is going to be like Netflix. They're going to expect certain things. They're expecting Netflix like they have it now. Mm-hmm. And Game Pass is far from that. Um, what Game Pass is, is maybe Netflix when it first started off. <laughs> and you and <laughs> me both know, man, because I think you were like me, man. We were in that, that, that beta program here in Hawaii. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like some, if you're like in Ohio, man, you got that disc the next day. We in Hawaii, man. Sometimes you didn't get that thing for five days. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and, and that, and basically we're beta testers for this thing. And it's, and in fact, then when it went live, I actually canceled my subscription because it was so bad. You know, now, you know, we're like what, seven years removed with, from that. And you see where Netflix is and then their streaming service and stuff like that. Um, that's where I want Game Pass to get to. So when you look at Netflix now, like Marvel does uh, special movies for them and uh, television shows. Mm -hmm. We're not movies, but television shows. They have a deal with Disney to get Marvel movies. They do a lot of stuff. I don't know if you're like me, man. I'm into Korean dramas and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. I can get a huge fix off of what they're producing. You know, They actually work with companies in in, uh, South Korea to produce content. In order for me to see Game Pass reach that full zenith of what Netflix is today, that's what Mm -hmm. I see Microsoft doing. Microsoft's going to have to do stuff like that. Like maybe buy... And look, we're just spitballing here, guys. I don't want to put this out there like we're saying this is going to happen. But say Microsoft decides to drop money and pick up Sega as a company. We're just talking about Dreamcast, right? Imagine if Sega does an entire Dreamcast collection for Microsoft exclusively, bringing back the Dreamcast uh, Dreamcast Classics, maybe in original form and also doing an HD remaster. And then instead of selling it as a compilation, they just drop it in Game Pass. Yeah. Right, for, and you're paying your 999 subscription and they're like, hey, here you go. Here's a bunch of Dreamcast games for your subscription that you guys can play anytime. To me, that's what I, that's when I see the evolution of Dreamcast. Not to get ahead of what we're talking about. Um, I think Dreamcast, I mean, uh, I think the, the monthly subscription service that they have a Game Pass is, is excellent. Um, I thought putting CFDs in there was a stroke of genius because of the type of game that CFDs is. Um, I had a bit of problem with my Game Pass uh, CFDs initially. But I know they're having issues with the servers. Yeah. So I think Microsoft needs to tighten that kind of stuff up. And for some people, they're like, well, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, Microsoft, that's their bread and butter. So for me, they have to tighten that kind of stuff up. They can't give people a reason to hate on them. Is what I'm saying. I know it's unfair, but that's just the reality of where we're sitting. Yeah. And then you know, that's what they're that's what they're experts in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm totally with you, man. I see. I see Game Pass. It's amazing as it is now. Um, because there's a lot of games now that I don't have to buy right away that I can test them out. You know. It's basically the answer to what people were saying. Where's our Where's our demos? Where's our demos? Well, here you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, and and then on yeah. top of that, I see I see um, endless potential, depending on how if it, if this thing takes off, and I think it is. I
0: think they're doing good. I think adding CFTs is actually going to help it grow too. Yeah, but that's just my thoughts. Yeah. So, and uh, speaking of that, like, what it, what is the uh, the direct direction that you see Microsoft going with the Xbox division and Like, do you see that being, like, I've heard a lot of people, like, other YouTubers, like Dreamcast guy and whatnot, saying that they're going to drop another Xbox in 2020, and I I just really don't see that happening, especially since the X has come out, and it's so much more powerful than everything that's out right now. I I don't know. Like, what what do you think? Some people have even said that they think that Microsoft is going to get rid of the Xbox console in general and just have you know, Xbox play anywhere on PC that was yeah. So like, what what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, the key word that you gotta remember is ecosystem. That's something that Microsoft has been preaching for the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say ecosystem, I mean, it's just like this one big ecosystem where they have all their services, you know, and it's, you're a consumer. They want you to consume as an Xbox. They want you to consumer as a windows person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think eventually, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do scrap the console system and go completely digital. I'm not saying that I'm for that. I mean I'm I'm a console gamer, I still am, but I'm getting old, brother. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah. And time like I said, times change and gamers are changing. That's what you're seeing now. You see you see Microsoft put all this money into Halo five and Gears of War and Forza. Right? They have pretty good returns on them, but then you see somebody drop something like Overwatch, right? <laughs> Which has you know. 40-50 million probably people playing that game and then you have Fortnite and then you have like PUBG right you have these types of games so to me Microsoft just wants to cover their bases and the one thing I hope that they are is that they are flexible But I've given up on this whole fanboy stuff dude. to be honest with you this whole console war stuff to me I'm tired of it mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to be honest man I'm selfish now dude I'm older now I don't got time to deal with all these dramas and stuff like that and I'm, a, and I'm, like I said I'm older and I'm looking what's in the best interest of me So whatever keeps Microsoft, whatever keeps them viable, whatever keeps them, you know, earning the money that they need to earn, whatever keeps them afloat, whatever they need to do, I'm all for it, right? Because every time you see Microsoft, you know, they do listen to their consumer base. They listen to gamers in general. They listen to the industry. You know, they're pushing all of these narratives, right? Mm
2: -hmm. And they're getting this
1: feedback. They listen to the feedback and they make adjustments. But then you notice that, you know, sometimes that feedback they're getting isn't exactly what, they thought it was because, you know, it's that vocal minority within our communities, within the gaming community. You know, they say they want this kind of stuff, but don't go out and support it. Right. So as far as moving forward, man, I, for me, it's whatever Microsoft needs to do to keep the Xbox division, to keep on making games. Because I do like their, I do like their, uh, I do like the content that they uh, produce.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm not
1: saying, again, I'm not a fanboy on this. Dude. I'm saying that because I actually do play their games and I enjoy their games. And I also like the way that they're pushing the industry. I mean, they're going the politically correct route, man. I don't know if you saw the, uh I think it was at Dice, where yeah. Phil Spencer gave his speech, which had nothing really to do with gaming. <laughs> 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 he basically gave his talking points, and he basically gave his, um, I felt like I was uh, listening to the Microsoft mission statement. Um, but even in that speech, even though to me it was a little bit more political than it needed to be, um even in that speech date, they, they talked about as far as the direction of their company, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go all digital, that they're heading in that direction that you've been hearing people talk about. Um, the main thing, as long as they stay flexible, they need to stay flexible. If they have to drop a console in 2020, I wouldn't put it past them to stay competitive with Sony. Yeah. I mean, they came out with the Xbox One S, and then now we have the they, we have the uh, X. I have both consoles, right? And it's interesting to me because I have a I have a Day One Edition Xbox One. I have an Xbox One S and I have an Xbox One X. And for some people that were complaining, they're like, that's way too much. That's not going to make sense. You know what, dude? It does. I can sit here as a person that uses all three systems. Of course, if I want the graphical fidelity, I play my X on my 4K television. I get the full experience. But if I can't get on this or if my kid wants to watch like uh, Crunchyroll, my daughter wants to watch Crunchyroll, man. She, She watches it on the 4K television because the anime looks amazing. Mm-hmm. especially some of the newer animes that she watches, right? So I'll let her watch that, then I'll go down and I'll play her Xbox. And what they did was they actually, you know, up some of these games to 4K that we have, and then they down it. I mean, they, they up it to 4K, and then they down it. So you're getting, like, the best picture quality, even though I'm playing on a 1080p TV. It's amazing, dude. It's like it's like Microsoft covered all their bases, and you're getting the best of every world. So if you're asking me if they can drop console on 2020, I would not be surprised, dude. They're already giving demos for that ray tracing stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, taking true.
1: the graphics and video games, yeah, coming like and making it as realistic as possible. You know, yeah. the one thing about Microsoft because they have the money, dude. And if you notice, then even when they, if they're if they're being successful or they're making mistakes, they have this bad habit of just throwing money at stuff, right? <laughs> they'll, just, they'll just take stuff and throw it up against the wall until it sticks. And if it works, it works. To see if it doesn't, then fine. You know. But again, to answer your question in a, in a roundabout way, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising to me if they they do that kind of stuff.
0: You know, and and it's one of the things too, like me, I've I've got the you know, we were together when we got the, the day one edition Xbox yeah. uh one back in twenty thirteen. Like right. I've got that one, I've got the day one two terabyte Xbox One S. My wife ended up getting me the uh the Gears of War Red One Collectors for the One S. Uh oh, it was, oh, nice, nice. Twenty six twenty, I think that's when that came out. Yeah, so she got me that one. I picked up the Project Scorpio last That's year. That's a good and, woman, bro. That's a good woman right there. Hey, <laughs> she came. <buy it. laughs> there you go, not, man. But, you know, it's like one thing I like about Xbox, and, and I can't seem to get this across to a lot of people. Like It's just the infrastructure of the system and how it works. And I like how I can play a game, I can start a game on one console, and then walk to the other room like we got a uh, Xbox in every room. And it's just because yeah, the same way. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's just so convenient. I can start playing uh for instance the most recent game I'm playing right now is um what was it I'm playing? I'm playing uh uh Monster Hunter because I, I just bought it digitally oh, and yeah. I'm I'm playing that in one room and if I decide I want to go in the bedroom or go in the living room and just chill and play, or if I want to play on her because uh, she's got the, an Xbox right over here as well. She has a day one edition as well. Right. And if I want to play on hers, I can just take my disc or, or just download it to that, or if it's not already downloaded, just go over there and just right. log into my account and just play it. And I, I'm i right where I left off, and that's one of the things I, I feel Sony doesn't do. Like, if I'm playing a game on one PlayStation, I have to manually upload the data to the server that they have. There's only so much st- storage that they have for the, your save data. Or i have to save it to like a flash drive or hard drive and carry that physically to another PlayStation or download it. And it's just, it, you know, and that, that's one of the things I like about Microsoft is they understand services, like you know, with and that's their specialty with the uh, office, you know, with uh, the Windows as a platform with with Xbox and with the especially with the Xbox uh, play anywhere. Like I've used that and that's an amazing service. And a lot of people have been criticizing that by saying that they should only like why should you buy an Xbox when you can get it on PC? Well, here's the thing. What's stopping you? Because what's to say if you were to get an Xbox eventually, then you can just download it to there? Because everyone doesn't want to sit in front of a computer and you know, play on a mouse and keyboard. I work in you know, we you and I both probably work in front of computers all day long in our regular jobs. And it's like the incentive to want to sit in front of a computer and monitor you know, is a little little low. So, right. you know, being able to just float between both, it, I think that's a brilliant idea that they came up with. And nobody else is doing that. And I've noticed Sony has tried to, you know, now you can play the, what's it, the PlayStation Now streaming services on PC. And it's almost like huh, Sony sees Microsoft or Nintendo do something. Yep, we're going to copy that right so
1: you know it's 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 an industry um you know they they chase after each other in a sense right they see what's successful with one, um and and it's just the way even though some some people might not like it there's other people that do uh for me i'm not a pc guy by any stretch of the imagination but the one thing i do like about the play anywhere because i do have forza on my laptop mm-hmm. um is that if i if i like um my family comes over right and then i have nieces and nephews and stuff that we all want to play um what i have with my laptop is another option especially with forza being a multiplayer game right because i have another option available to me like a second screen that i can play on you know or if my son and me want to play together in the same room you know i can jump on my laptop and he can you know jump on my xbox one x now that's the one i have in my room now Mm. um but you know, there was a time. You know, there's nothing wrong with options because the thing with options is 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 that they're exactly as it says it is, right? You know, an option to choose or not to choose. Yeah. And when I hear a lot of people complaining about this kind of stuff, you know, that's why I I chalk it up in the category of just being haters. You know, you know, they just don't like Microsoft or they don't like that because of what's so bad about it? Now, if you get the if you get the system and it's not doing well on your PC and it's and it's the game or it's, it's Microsoft service, then yeah, more power to you. You know, that is a legitimate complaint. But like you said, like we talked about other things, a lot of the stuff these guys have never experienced firsthand, you know. Because when you talk to them, they're like not even, you know, Microsoft gamers. Yeah.
2: So,
1: but for me, yeah, that's, I like the convenience of it, and I like the I like the, the options that it affords me in case I have to use that second screen. I always think more is better. That's, that's always been my philosophy since I was young, and that's probably never going to change anytime soon.
0: So. <laughs> um. And I guess that just leads me into, like, my last question. Um, And I know we kind of skimmed over it before, but I just kind of want to see if we can get some more meat out of it. And it's uh, why is there so much hate for Xbox as a brand, as a console, you know, especially with this generation of gamers and with this generation of YouTubers? Because it seems that the YouTubers just have a very strong bias against Xbox. And it's 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 very unfortunate. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah. That's a good good question. I'm going to get into trouble again, but I'll just be honest. It's um, <laughs> multifaceted. At least to me, it's multifaceted. And I'm just basing this on just you know, I've done research on this a little bit, but I'm just basing on the fact that I've been playing for my entire life in video games, okay. and I've actually talked about it on this on my channel a little bit, not talk not in depth as you have uh, presented it here, um, which is very impressive, by the way. But um, uh, one of the problems I <laughs> One of the things I'll say is because what what you have now is a lot of brand name gamers. That's mm-hmm. what I call them. They're brand they're brand gamers. So, and I'll say this because I know people that um, as a Sega as a Sega person, I'll put this out there. I know people when I had my Dreamcast mm-hmm. that wanted to play those games. They wanted it. They wanted to play. They come and play my games. And I'm talking mm-hmm. all of them, dude. I'm talking Sega Bass Fish Head, definitely Power Stone, Ready to Rumble right? The NFL 2K series, all of these games that, um, that Dreamcast had, they wanted it, but they wouldn't buy the Dreamcast. And if you remember, man, what was the tag for Dream, Sega Dreamcast? It was nine nine ninety nine, $9, $9. Yep. And it sold at $199.99. Yep. That's the $200 console, man, as powerful as it was. And the games, how realistic the games, the the graphics of that time was, The variety perfect. of that launch lineup, arcade perfect. Um, the variety that they afforded us as gamers across mm-hmm. the board. I mean, a lot of these guys I knew, man, they're they're, they're gamers and they wanted to play those games, but they didn't want to play it because it wasn't on a PlayStation. Right? So they, they, and then if you remember, man, and this is where the term, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of history here. This is where the term, Deeper, where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Sony dropped the specs of this PlayStation 3, right? PlayStation mm-hmm. 3? So they dropped the specs. Was it three or two? Three, or two?
0: Three, I think. Or oh, the two? It could have
1: been two. No, just... Yeah. No, I think it was. I think you're right. I think it was three, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So they dropped the specs for the anyway. Yeah, it was the three. It should have been a three. So they just dropped the specs of the PlayStation Three. Dude, no console, right? No games. Not even a controller. Nothing. They just talked about the specs and what that system was going to do, and these mm-hmm. people were like, they went nuts. And they were like okay i'll just wait for that to come out. and that thing was a year and a half off i believe before it came where Mm -hmm. you had the games and the system you had now right and so that's where the term vaporware came because they never showed anything then the following year they they showed like i believe the design talked about it a little more Then you had e3 then they started throwing off the games we had that fireworks game and quantum dream or whatever did that um, beat them up Mm -hmm. Um, but people were just so ready for that game And that those games and that system that they forego the Dreamcast that that literally that announcement literally killed the Dreamcast because Sega was already having issues with what they did with the Saturn, okay? And Mm -hmm. they never recovered from it. So the Dreamcast had a successful launch. The titles to ratio, the ratios of titles sold to actually the console sold was was solid. Um, They they're reporting you know great sales, but then what ended up happening was that announcement came off from Sony and you know the sales just stopped they didn't build they didn't build and they didn't stop but it didn't build that momentum that usually happens in the console market right when you come with a new console that you start building it and building it and with the amount of uh, power in that system and all the work they put into that all the stuff that they did to correct the problems that they had with the saturn because the saturn did have its issues even though i love that console
2: mm-hmm.
1: um everything that they did wrong they corrected with with the dreamcast And by that time, it was too late because a lot of people like to call, I'm going to get myself in trouble again. A lot of people like to call Microsoft the Xbox, the bro console, the real bro console was the PlayStation. And the reason I can say that, because number one, I lived during that time. And a lot of people that played PlayStation never touched a video game in their life.
0: In fact, a lot of them
1: used to make fun of me. Because people don't know how I was was when we was growing up, dude. You was a nerd. That was not cool. Not like now. You go and wear a Black Panther shirt back then, dude, you get your ass whooped. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, I see, I see people dressing up in Black Panther, and I think that's cool now. I see people dressing up as elves walking out on the street, going to our local Kawaii con. You know, that was not the reality, man. There's something wrong with you when you did that kind of stuff. You needed to grow up. It was a waste of time and money. You know, so a lot of these guys, man, went on PlayStation, because PlayStation made it cool. And kudos to PlayStation, dude, they actually increased. To me, they increased the size of gaming because that brought the general populace in, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of these guys that were playing, man, I'll give you a quick story, man. My one of my friends, dude, he used to make fun of nerds, dude, and he he met me in my room one day. He's like, hey, man, uh, you got a PlayStation? Right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, hey, man, you think you can jump, can we jump on on like Madden? Because he wanted to play Madden, so I showed him how to play Madden, but he didn't want people to know that he played video games. But then it kind of became cool because of games like Madden, right? Yeah, the Final Fantasy. You said general populace, and of course, generations were changing, but the general populace came on, right? And that's the second thing that happened. Dude, PlayStation came in; it got huge. It increased the it increased the user base. The industry started growing by leaps and bounds. People that normally didn't play the, the Wii did the same thing. You know, your grandma was out there bowling with the Wii, right? You know, there's people that wouldn't touch video games, and it started to change. But that that all came about from PlayStation. And that's why we find ourselves in the situation you do now. I told you that story about the Dreamcast, but if you look at the, if you look at the Xbox in twenty thirteen, that's basically the same thing that Microsoft went through. That the Dreamcast went. Because you have a rabid fan base of Sony fans who grew up on Sony that know nothing. And I'm talking not, and I'm talking just the gamers, dude. I'm talking in the in the in the media. Mm-hmm. All they know is now all we know all they know is PlayStation, dude. They're like, you know, that's all they do. That's all they know. So of course, you know, they're kinda of biased toward that console. You know, And then when when something like the 360 did successful, right? And then now you have the new generation launches between the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Those guys were all on board for the PlayStation. Yeah. Because they just got their ass whooped. They got their ass whooped in the last generation with the 360. Something they never saw, they saw coming. And they got whooped. And they didn't want that same thing to happen again. And so even though to me Xbox One had games that I know that they would like, games that were better, games that were more original, it didn't matter. They, they stuck with PlayStation. And they still do to this day, dude. And that, and that's, and that's to me, that's one of the another bad thing about this, about this gaming market, this gaming industry. That we're that, that we're technically as, as advanced as we're getting in video games, dude. We're, we're right now we're literally within our own gaming community amongst the gamers, not really the people that develop it because they're they're just trying to you know the gamers are the ones that drive the market. Yeah. Okay. So the companies are just going to give you what you want, but the gamer we are literally regressing within our industry. And again, I'll go back. If Microsoft disappears, this in this industry will die. If we're only going to rely on Japan for our gaming, this this industry will die. Yeah,
0: it will. And that's, and, and that's one of the things I'm I'm really concerned about. And uh, I've been thinking about doing a video on it because I'm looking at the gaming community and especially the YouTubers. I feel like they're really killing the gaming industry bit by right. bit by bit. And it's getting to the point, like for instance. Um, with uh, Metal Gear Survive, a lot of people who praised Metal Gear Solid 5 found pain and, you know, the was the prologue game that came before it. Uh, think, oh,
1: yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah,
0: the, the two-hour demo. But, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, they loved, yeah. <laughs> they loved Metal Gear Solid 5's gameplay. They loved it, all the core mechanics, everything about it, except maybe the story uh, or the presentation. But then when they came out and basically made Metal Gear Solid survive, or Metal Gear Survive. It's the same exact engine that people loved. Same graphics, same everything. It's just, they're like, okay, what else can we do? Let's experiment and do something different. And, you know, for me, someone who enjoyed Metal Gear Solid 5 and played the new one, I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. But you won't hear a lot of these mainstream YouTubers that, will admit to that. And it's just, oh, this is horrible. This is dumpster fire. The first thing they want to do is just hate it because that's the popular thing. Get some clicks, get some views, get some subscribers. Yeah. And I don't think that they look long-term uh, at what they do because that studio that is pushing, that that made uh, the Metal Gear survive, they may be going under. And that's people losing their jobs. You know, that's company that, May I be willing to take risk? And it sends a message not only to Konami, but to other companies like, hey, we can't really take risk with the the, the gaming industry. Because if we do, we have people, the, the fanboys, we have the YouTubers, we got the journalists, we got people like Digital Foundry that, you know, they'll take any little thing, blow it up to a million and we're done. And it's 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 becoming cancerous to the gaming industry. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you, man. Because what what's and look, I'll, and I'll be fair. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do them a solid. I'm gonna try and be fair. The industry is changing in itself. The gamers are changing. You know, I have yeah. kids that play games now a lot more than they used to, and their tastes are changing. And their tastes are changing because of the the games they like to play, the stuff they consume. As well as the um, as the friends that they play with, right? And again, once once the industry started growing, and this stuff, this went from like a, a pop culture uh, pop pop culture type of industry to now now it's been accepted by the general masses, yeah, to the wider audience. Um, and when you have that, dude, you have a lot of influencers um, that are different and, and probably will game and consume, and more importantly, consume the gaming a different way than we do. Yeah. So I agree agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly with you, especially with the YouTube stuff, because people do do it as quick bait, right? It's a popular thing to do, right? It's it's the fastest thing to to get just to do hate. It's kind of a mob mentality, right? A lot of times, um, the the journalists are just totally incestual.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I don't even want to touch them. I mean, I mean, they're they're on every avenue. They're wrong. I mean, I don't even listen to gaming media. That's how bad they are.
0: It's not like I used uh, to be with like game, uh, game pro magazine where people actually played the games. No, that's it's what I was
1: gonna. I was just about to say that. When you said <laughs> that yeah.
0: No, because what it
1: is, you remember getting Next Generation magazine, and yeah. when you read the authors of that did it, unless they brought somebody in that was more on the technical specs of stuff, mm-hmm. right? But everybody appreciated because you know we we live in a more technically advanced time. When we were growing up, we had eight bit, eight bit, and then we went from eight bit to sixteen. Ooh, you know. Um, but back then, dude, what it was, exactly like you said, dude. I read, I read um, these magazines and stuff like that, and I actually knew the art- authors of the articles because they were also gamers. And you used to follow them because, and you trusted their opinion because they were excited as us because they wanted to play the games.
2: Yeah.
1: And it re- you know, even though they might have been a fan of a console, one console or the other, it didn't matter. You just wanted to play a game because when we were growing up, you, you might miss out on something. And, of course, for like me, I don't know about for you, but for me, it's all about the money, right? Yeah. <laughs> Making the money to afford all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but exactly like you said, dude, you know, it's it's those people were not just journalists, you know, they, they were also gamers, which is a far cry from what it is now. And I'm not opposed to people being that way because you can see it like um, sometimes when a person is talking, you know, that they got hired because they're better on camera. Mm-hmm. And not just a look-wise, but their presentation. Dude, I do YouTube. I have a hard time doing on my videos. That's why I don't really do a lot of them. You know, like when I look at you, you're, you're very natural when you do it. um it, It's easy for you. For me, it's a challenge. And so sometimes when you do a, a program and stuff like that, you need people that are good in front of the camera. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But when they're offering their opinions on something they know nothing about, that's where I think you have to draw the line. And and then people have no problems doing that now, you know. Like you exactly said, you know, people talking about CRTs never play the game, you know. But they think they can form an opinion on on the game just by watching somebody play it, you know. And I think that's 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 what's wrong. That's another thing that's wrong with this industry,
0: you know. And this this is the other thing too, is like, and completely going off the X, the Xbox topic, but you know, thinking of Atari, I mean, they're coming back with a console and. The fact right. that they, they even announced it and you got people just making videos or making posts on Twitter and social media about how it's going to fail and this, this, and this. And these are the same people swarming down Xbox was going to go out of business. They're not profitable. They swore Nintendo was going to fail with the Switch. They're the same people that want, you know, Nintendo to kill off the 3DS. These armchair analysts that apparently know so much about the industry more than the people who are actually in the industry in the executive yeah, exactly. meetings. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like, if no, Atari. No, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead, brother.
0: Go ahead. I was going to say, like, if Atari wants to come back and make a console, then that's just more options. Like, what's wrong with more options? And they're like, well, who's going to play the games? Or, you know, it looks stupid. And then the price point. Well, until it comes out and you try it, you won't know.
1: Well, I, you know, the thing that I've read the same articles or the same arguments, the thing I. What makes me, you know, not trust their judgment is that they don't think about it in terms of, well, what's one of the biggest shows on Netflix? Well, that's kind of broad. Sorry, but um, one of the biggest <laughs> shows on Netflix that's that silly. is a bit broad. Sorry, I should have thought of that before I came <laughs> Which one, right? Um, but one of the biggest shows on Netflix is um, uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Now, the reason why Stranger Things, besides the well, the well-written, the presentation, I mean, uh, for Netflix. Uh, television show looks awesome. But
0: mm-hmm. it's the
1: nostalgia factor. That's the driving force behind the success of that of that show is the nostalgia factor. You know, when somebody talks to me about Atari and just writes them off, I'm like, well you're not taking into consideration the nostalgia factor. You're not yeah. taking into consideration the cost behind what they're gonna do. their drive is not to beat Xbox One X.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Their drive is not to beat the Playstation four or the PlayStation Pro or you know Playstation Four Pro or whatever or, or the Nintendo Switch. That's not what they're going after. It's a gaming device, right? Yeah, but you know, again, when like you said, these armchairs analysts and stuff like that. Somebody like myself who doesn't even know anything about the industry aside of what I study and I read, because it's an interest of me, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I can see that, and yet these guys can't. That's that's what I find shocking, um, and that's what I find by, bad, you know, in this lazy journalism. Again, I, you know what I like to think? I, I hope that they're doing it for clicks. Because if they think that's, because if they haven't, if they're doing it out of laziness, then that I was, I would feel actually disappointed, <laughs> way more disappointed. I would respect you more if you're trying to get cookbait. Because at least I, yeah, I can understand that reasoning besides the simple fact that you're ignorant yeah. uh, about what's going on. And, and that's what it is. And if you notice a lot of these publications, you know, you have a lot of people writing about video games. This is how you know the industry is growing and it is popular. You have people, uh, publications that have no real business writing about video games, but they kind of have to because it's so huge right so you have like your vanity fairs right or your business insiders and stuff like that like if you write about gaming you think they do it from a from a viewpoint of um uh, the money part right the numbers crunching the numbers the sales and stuff like that but they'll talk about all kind of stuff other than that like you know and what they normally do is they bring somebody from the outside to write an article and that person's usually a tony guy <laughs> right um you know, I see that a lot with uh, like 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 a publication like the Wall Street Journal, dude. I would rather see you do something about GamerGate, right? Mm-hmm. Because GamerGate has the tinge of politics attached to it, and the Wall Street Journal is a financial magazine, but they're more known for their financial stuff as well as you know the politics of things. They do popular culture, but it, that's not what you go there for, yeah. Right? Unless it's for unless it's for the popular culture and how it affects the overall culture, the social culture, which they can speak on. Right? But a lot of people don't do that. And they're just writing these game reviews and stuff like that. And that's why you have all of this hate. So all they're basically doing is they're just borrowing from each other. Yeah. It's like groupthink, man. It's really sad. Like I could sit here oh, and look at it and you, you read it. It's like, oh, you're never going to get a shit opinion from them. So that's why YouTube blows up because at least you can come to a podcast like yours, right? And get different opinions, you know, like on the other podcasts that you've done on this channel. You know, it kind of goes outside the norm of what, other, what people are talking about in the mainstream. You know, good or bad for you, man. You know what I say? <laughs> you're going to get some hate. You're going to get some love. You're going to get hate. Oh,
0: yeah. um,
1: but that's the reality of it. And that's why that's why uh, this, this um, uh, what do you call that? The alternative media is becoming so huge, right? Because people are getting tired of being spoon-fed stuff. Yeah. Right? And that's one of the problems with the gaming industry, man. And that's why I like what Microsoft is doing. They're circumventing that. They have to do it because they're a big corporation. You know, they have to cross, you know, they have to dot their I's and cross their T's. But then they're also coming directly to us, as the consumers and the gamers. And that's what they need to do, dude. Because I agree with you 100% that it is that bad, especially in this day and age.
0: Yeah. And, and, I mean, if if the industry doesn't shift away from that, because I I feel like it's going to get to a point where those of us who do reviews, like, we're not going to get review codes or review copies of games anymore because they're killing – these YouTubers and and journalists are killing games – well before the public can even touch it, and yeah. it's 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 really bad.
1: It's really bad. It's the nature of the beast, you know. If they have a big following, they want the more bang for their buck. Yeah. you know. Um, you know. On the flip side, they can go the opposite route and praise the game. That's not really good. Um, it's a dangerous thing, man. It's something. It's, it's dangerous waters to be in that they got to navigate. <laughs> Speaking of Sea of Thieves, but um, I mean, it's 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 it, it, it's it's a hard thing to navigate. Um, it's something that they got to work on. Um, again, for Microsoft. Being a Microsoft guy, it's something that I, I see that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I applaud them for it, man, because you just, you know, you can't plant your head in the sand, dude. You're going to have to take this on head. They have to take it head on because this, this gaming industry, the, the, the gamers themselves, everything, all, all of this stuff is changing, you know. And uh, the old ways of doing media is not, is not the, 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 it doesn't carry the same appeal as it used to back when we were growing up. It just doesn't, dude. You know, yeah. but then you got to try and separate what's actually viral from what actual, or what actual, what is actual fluff, you know, because there's money mm-hmm. being put into this as well. Dude. And, and it's, it's, I don't envy the person, all the mm-hmm. business decisions they have to make that I don't envy them at all. But I think even with all the data in front of you, man, it's hard to, it's, it's again, it's hard to, to figure out what the trends are, where things are going, especially yeah. in this age, digital age, man, the way things, the way we're able to access information so fast, it's, it's, it's scary. You know? Yeah. And going back to what you were saying, again, with, with the problem with gamers, is, is, is their inability to to experience something.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and, 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 you know, again, you know, not being able to do that and have those experiences for themselves, man, it does not bode well. <laughs> it not does at It well
0: at all. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, we can go ahead and get into the Q&A. We got at least three questions lined up from our audience. So we got one from Din the Avery. Uh, he asked... Um, so say forever, uh, vanilla Xbox backwards compatibility, should it be spread across all versions of the one? Which I think it already um,
1: is. Um, it it kind of is. I know that they're doing the, uh, the original Xbox as well. Um, you know, I'd, personally, if you're asking me personally if I want that, yeah, because I'd like to play some of those old games as well. I, I am a gamer at heart, so whatever games that I can get, especially some of those classics, I definitely would. Um, it'll actually boil down to the engineering team mm-hmm. at Microsoft and what they can and can not do. Also, you hear a lot of people, like I'm a Sega guy. You hear a lot of people talking about, um, well, if, if you know, if Microsoft buys somebody like Sega, then we can get some of these games. Another thing they have to look at is the licensing. Yeah. Because even though some of these games might be played on the Xbox, they might not own the rights to it. In fact, uh, you know Phil Spencer and the crew at Microsoft talked about talks about that a lot. You know, it's the hurdles that they have to go through. Mm-hmm. um like 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 for some of them man it's the music and the games yeah because a lot of you guys if you're on if you're online as much as, as we you know as me and Mikel are dude you know copyright is is no joke <laughs> especially when it comes to music man i've got i've got strikes on my channel and i didn't even pick up on this stuff you know that's how bad it can be so there's a lot of hurdles that they have to go through uh but like again to answer the question i think microsoft is going to do that because they've had great responses with backwards compatibility um, I think it's one of the things that's actually keeping them, you know, competitive with Sony because Sony has such a big lead um, as far as the console sales and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, that I think whatever Microsoft needs to do, I think they should, you yeah. know, giving, giving people options, you know, can it, it might be that one thing that might get somebody to buy a console, but they can't leave anything to chance. I think whatever they can throw out there, they should. And I hope that they do. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, next question we got is from Triple M. He's asking, uh, "Do you chaps think that the Xbox division has enough budget to make games from old IPs that they have, or even ones from Rare?" That's a good question.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome. That's an question. Actually. <laughs> um, look, Microsoft proper. I'll say this. Or, or Mikhail, man, do you want to answer? Um, thing.
0: No, no, that's fine. <laughs> go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Well, okay, just really quickly, Microsoft proper, yes, you know they they have a lot of money. Um, from what I understand, as far as the internal and the politicking of the company, you know it's it's not usually that cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, the great thing of Microsoft is they have money. The bad thing is that they have money in the sense that <laughs> they approach they approach things from a business business aspect. And as a gamer, that's something you should be worried about. Not worried about. I'm sorry, that's the wrong word. Um, as a gamer and a person who's looking to buy it as a consumer, who's buying the system, mm-hmm. um, just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, I could say it this way, Microsoft would have no qualms, in my opinion, of getting That's rid right. of something if it doesn't benefit them. Because I've seen them do it before. <laughs> right? The Kinect is one. <laughs> then, oh, even look at their software. Yeah, right? and, and I don't want to bring up that else. Stuff, dude, because there, there's Microsoft, there's people bitter about that stuff to this day. This is another reason why Microsoft has to track these practices that they have. I'm no fun of the current people in, in office right now with, with that's running the company, but that doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? So, um, again, the uh, way that I look at it and the things that they're doing as far as keeping Microsoft viable, it's not as simple as just cutting a check. It doesn't look like they're going to do that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and to be honest with you, from my point of view, with the way the industry going, Just because a lot of people, you you might get somebody signed a position of 200,000 people to bring back Knights of the Old Republic, Mm. even though I think it would be successful, it doesn't mean that they're going to sell 25 million copies. That's true. And when you're competing with games like Fortnite, which not only Fortnite sells the amount of copies it needs to sell the game, and mind you, at least for Xbox, guys, Fortnite is just a demo at this point. And I forked over, and I bought it on sale, but I forked over 30 bucks twice, but I had to buy one for myself. And my son, so we can play, and my daughter plays, so I, I have to double dip
0: to mm-hmm. buy the
1: game. So I've technically paid sixty bucks for this game. That's a demo. That's not even technically complete, just to play that game. On top of the stuff that we buy inside the game.
0: Same thing for like oh, uh, PUBG
1: as well. Yeah, PUBG, and then that, another thing uh, with or Overwatch. Yeah. Right. So when when people look at the console war between Nintendo, Sony, and um, Microsoft, you also have to look at the The bigger picture and a lot of these guys whether it's sony microsoft or um, nintendo as far as their original ip's and why everybody's complaining about original ip's those original ip's have to have to compete with cod those original ip's have to compete with fortnite those original ip's have to compete with games like overwatch where one person will buy your console right Mm -hmm. and play that game on their console and will not buy any other game because those school gamers like myself, I can tell you, man, that some of the YouTubers that I hang with and, and guys are in the Xbox community get pissed off about loot boxes. It doesn't matter to a person to buy, who buys loot boxes if you only buy Overwatch. You're not going to buy a God of War. You're not going to buy a Killer Instinct. You're not going to buy the, <laughs> the new Madden. You're just going to buy Overwatch, play Overwatch, and spend all your money on the content that is Overwatch. That's that's the That's the reality that these companies have to deal with. Yeah. And if you if you if you sink ten to fifteen million into an original IP and you only sell two thousand copies of that, you know, or you only sell two million copies, that's not a good investment. So I mean, you perfect, know, that's that, yeah. that's the real thing. Yeah, go per- ahead. Like the perfect
0: example of that would be um, Sunset Overdrive.
1: Yeah, awesome game. If this was back in the generation last generation, this game would sell on any console. Yep, it would. I mean, there's just the replayability factor. Um, the gameplay, um, all the different options and stuff you can do with it. I mean, it's not repetitive. Some people might say it's repetitive, but there's just so much stuff you can do, it, do with it. And there's so many games that are successful that have a lot of the stuff that's in. So I'm boggling. Again, this is what's throwing a lot of these people off mm-hmm. because they're basically following the trends and they're giving you what they think you want, right? Yeah. But for some reason, it hits for some titles. It doesn't hit for others. And again, a lot of people hate on COD but the reality is it's still a copy. Yeah. Right? And 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 that's why, you know, hopefully that answers your question and know was kind of
0: long-winded, but No, that was that was excellent. And Yeah. And that, I I like that we got the fan engagement. Uh we actually had three more questions, I guess we can just wrap it up after that, but um sure. We've got um uh, let me see if I can find it. I just had it. I don't know why. I moved away from it. Okay. So Dan the Avery, um, he's asking thoughts on Shinmu going from Xbox exclusive to Sony. Um, you wanna go first or yeah. I it's it, it the thing I'm gonna say about this, it may be controversial, but I think Sony took a playbook from EA. They can't compete if Shinmu went to Xbox. Like they wouldn't have anything that that's going to draw a lot of old school Sega fans over to Xbox more exclusively. And it's kind of like with uh, NFL 2K, how it was just trashing Madden. The only thing they could do is just buy the rights to the license, kill off the competition. And I think when it comes to this, um, Sony knows that they don't really have successful Japanese games on the Xbox. And I think a lot of that has to do with a cultural thing for Japan more than anything else. So for them, it's just, let's put that on our platform. And I, and it just kills off, Microsoft had an opportunity to trounce them with that. But yeah. Well, I'm gonna be a little bit, I, I gotta be honest, man. And, and, and I'm
1: really bitter about this. Um, like I own the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. For me, the time for people to buy Shenmue was mm. when there was a Dreamcast. <laughs> that's when I needed you to buy the game, because that's the game that Sega spent so much money on for their system. It was exclusive to, to the Dreamcast, and that was the game that they banked a lot of money on for them mm. to turn the fortune to Sega around. And what ended up happening is that that wasn't the system seller. It sold, but it was not the system seller that a lot of people um, was expecting it to be, especially Sega. And, and to their de- and and to their demise, that is how bad it was. Mm. Um. But for me, when they announced it, uh, several things, I w- I'm not really big on it because the original mind or the reason, original goal of, of uh, ShenDue was to be an 18-chapter uh, epic yeah. uh, of a game. So every chapter was supposed to be one game, and I'm talking like a full game, not like one little, like how we have a lot of the indie games and stuff like that, which are awesome, but it was supposed to be fully realized games each and every chapter that released. So there are going to be technically 18 parts to, to Shenmue. That was the goal of uh, Yu Suzuki. Um, Yu Suzuki is like my all-time favorite developer, mm-hmm. um, especially for Sega, even amongst Yuji Naka and some of the other guys that she had because uh, Yu Suzuki built Virtual Fighter and that's my favorite fighting game. But um, but the issue with it is now, I do not blame Sony for doing that because they're just being a business.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Sony is just doing what Sony needs to do to stay competitive. I don't think Microsoft would do it just for the simple fact that it doesn't look like Microsoft is investing. They're going in a different direction. If they do it, I'll be happy. That's fine. But again, the problem I'm going to have with Shenmue, even though Yu Suzuki is doing it, I hear a lot of rumors of how it's going to be. I'll wait till it comes out. But it's not going to be the Shenmue that number one I played and loved originally. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be the Shenmue that he originally had. That was That was his goal of doing. That Yu Suzuki wanted to present Shinyu in all of its glory. It's not, that's not the game that we're going to get. So yeah. for me, it's kind of bittersweet because yeah, Shinyu is coming back, but what what Shenmue are we getting?
2: You know, yeah.
1: is it going to be in depth? Is it going to change? I don't know. And and the fact that they had to pretty much beg, right, beg to get this game off the ground, I thought was pretty sad. I mean, it was hard for me to see that because this guy at one time in the industry was on the same level for a lot of the younger guys of Hideo Kojima. That was yeah. Yu Suzuki. Yeah. You know, he was up there with Miyamoto at Nintendo. Yeah. This guy revolutionized video games, both in the yeah. arcades and on console. The reason why the Dreamcast got a lot of the uh, arcade perfect games was because of the work that this man did. One of the reasons why we have realistic graphics in game is because that's the stuff. That's the technology he was working on. The- so again, sorry for being long-winded. But as far nope. as new, yeah, I'll just have to wait and see what they're coming out with.
2: <laughs> but my hopes are
1: not high, I'm sorry to say, dude. I did have a lot of people cheering this game on that I know never played it and never bought into it um, when when I needed them to. Uh, that's uh, just another bitter pill to swallow. Anyway, I'll get off my high horse.
0: No, this is very true. And that's that's the kind of thing I'm seeing with a lot of people that are praising the Final Fantasy VII remake. And I'm like, I know a lot of people did not play Final Fantasy VII back in nineteen ninety-seven. And, you know, I as a you – know, go ahead. No, I, I'm just going to add – I'll throw myself under
1: the bus because I didn't play it. I watched people play. You know, I was it, one of those guys, so I kind of that.
0: And, like, already for me, like, with Final Fantasy VII Remake, the fact that it's going to be three separate parts, each one full-priced, and completely changing the combat from turn-based to uh, action RPG, I'm already turned off by it. I don't care how realistic it looks or how uh, much it looks like the the movie had been children. It's the fact that they fundamentally changed it, and it's not even the same game. So, yeah. It, I, I agree fully with
1: your point. That's the generation we live in, dude. I mean, re, uh, remasters and uh, remakes uh, across the board, you know. And again, uh, probably a business decision. Yeah, it's less and you turn around and you can and you can. you know people will buy it but that's 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 just the the way of the industry.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of the last two questions we got uh, from Triple M, he's asking, uh, do you think that if YouTube could be the next alternative media to replace mainstream media, if YouTubers could do better? As in abide by their own rules and integrity. Uh, that's in the gaming industry, and thrive. Oh, go ahead, brother. I know you wanna.
1: From the last videos <laughs> I've seen you doing, man, I know you got some stuff to say on this bad boy.
0: Yeah, I, I have been going in on a lot of YouTubers, and I've, I've gained quite a a lot of hate from a lot of people, like, you know, um, Dreamcast guy, Apey Eric, and whatnot, because I call a lot of bullshit on them. And a lot of others, because there's a lack of integrity with a lot of people on YouTube and a lot of people get into YouTube, I feel just for whatever they can get for free or for the clicks. It's not really for the passion of doing it. Like if you were to look at people like GameSack and, you know, others who may have started back when there was no money in it to where it is now, where there is money and it's just about how they can make a quick buck and it that's a reflection on society as a whole now with the lack of desire to want to work or to do things and, and you know that that can go over into a political spectrum if we wanted to but um i already think that youtube has replaced the mainstream media in many ways yeah, I, I think social i think social media as a whole you know with youtube twitter Facebook, all that. I think it has replaced mainstream media because people are not going to uh, Fox News. I know a lot of people hate Fox News. I like Fox News, but you know they'll go to they don't go to Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or anything or even you know gaming magazines or, or, or gaming websites. They don't go to them for information anymore. They go to YouTubers. They go to Twitter. They go to Facebook to get their information. I think that has replaced mainstream media. But as far as uh, abiding by rules and integrity that the gaming industry currently has and they, will they thrive, I mean, right now with YouTube, the landscape is basically the wild, wild west. It's anything goes until YouTube cracks down on you, to be honest. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll just add to that. I, I totally agree with you on this. Um, I think it already has replaced um, mainstream media as well and um, one of the reasons why is because you know the great thing about YouTube is that it is mm-hmm. um, all over the place in some senses and stuff like that but the bottom line is and it's what we kind of touched on a little bit earlier in the podcast the bottom line is the choice is yours yeah you know um, regardless if you like somebody or don't like somebody or agree with that opinion don't um, agree with that opinion or agree with it or don't agree with the opinion the choice is still up to you whether you want to or not like you could have somebody like Mapel says, you know, you have somebody that likes Fox News, somebody that don't like Fox News. Well there's people that do both on, on YouTube. You know, there's not there's not a lack of choices, there's not a lack of options. And when you and a lot of times when you give people the, the um if you give people the um, option to choose what they want, they usually go with the, the option to choose themselves instead of having stuff given to them.
2: Yeah.
1: And this is in the mainstream media news, this is in the gaming media news you've seen all types of movements on social yeah. media just started based off of um people having different opinions and i think like again I, I reiterate i think it already has and i think it'll continue to grow um i think you might be worried about and something i think i agree that you should keep your eye on is when these type of um uh when these type of uh, media that we're using now social media or um you know doing anything online and stuff like that when things become group things yeah, that's the dangerous part, right? Or when they try and censor. Yeah, like I might not agree with a lot of people's say, but I think I agree with the right for them to say it. If it's something I know, human decency. All right, guys, <laughs> you know, because have cause, uh, my level of and, and and you know things vary. I'm not saying that they don't, but I think we can all come to a general consensus of what's humanly decent. Um. But yeah, other than that, man, I mean, I, I say go all, all the way, dude. I've always been a guy that's like, I always want to hear people's opinion. Again, whether I like, because I want to know where people stand on certain things. And because when you know where a person stands, then you know how you can uh, react or, or um, you know, what they're thinking. You know how to, you know, know what you're going to do and stuff like that. I, I hate to be in the dark about stuff like that. And that's one of the things um, that social media and online media and all this technology that we have now allows you to do. You know, I'm an older guy. You know, I we grew, and uh, Mattel's is younger than me, but I'm an older dude, man. I grew up when you only had certain avenues to get information, right? And some of you guys would die. I know some of you guys are younger, man. You guys would absolutely die if you went back to my childhood, dude. I mean, I, I can go back to where we only had three channels giving us information. <laughs> you know? I put on YouTube now, man, I can watch something uh, on video games. I flip the switch and see somebody cooking out in the forest off of an open fire, you know? <laughs> See some dude making candy out of his bathroom yeah you know <laughs> there's there's everything and anything and, and and that's the greatness of it um again with the caveat of being uh watching groupthink and 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 uh and uh, censorship is the two things i think that that are the negative things that you need to keep an eye on so
0: and then yeah. you know to touch on the whole part about censorship i know a lot of people get mad when youtube and twitter and facebook they crack down on it a lot of that has to i mean there's a political thing behind that too but you know, you have to keep in mind that these are privately owned companies, so it's it's not like a a it's not an open forum. They're not bound to abide by a, you know our Second Amendment, Amendment here in the U.S. Of freedom, or First Amendment actually, not the Second Amendment. I support the Second Amendment, but um, they're not having to be bound by freedom of speech. They can if they don't like something, they have every right to do so, even if you disagree with it. So I think and that, no good. No, I think people have a the problem, the main problem, at least this is what I've
1: I've seen, and I have a problem with YouTube myself, is the inconsistency. Yeah, and sometimes they're that. hypocrisy. Yeah, because I do uh, probably the best video responses I've gotten on my channel is when I talked about my 4K television. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to showcase some of the video live. People were asking me to do that, and I've seen other people do it on their channel, but when I tried it, I got I got um I got blocked. My stuff got um I got a strike. So i stopped doing that and then people would ask me to do those videos on my channel i said i can't i don't know why other people can and i can't but i can't if i do it then, then my channel gets taken down yeah where i've come to the point now on youtube where i kind of don't care <laughs> right um but i think i think people would be fine with a lot of these rules and regulations if they actually adhere to their own rules and regulations yeah because <laughs> that's one thing you know people never democracy. You know, what's good for one person should be good for the other person. And even some people will, will, let, stuff, will let some of that stuff slide, but it just happens way too much on YouTube. They need to cram. they need to really uh, cramp down on that.
0: Yeah. And it just seems like they, they shift the goalposts with their policies left and right. Yeah. Like they, yeah. you know, they recently got, I think they admitted that they don't always notify people's uh, uh, subscribers that they, uh, that they may have a new video up and, you know, they do push certain people more, and it's it, oh, yeah, it be, yeah. it's it's frustrating. You know, yeah. you
1: uh, know, and then that's why you know, like uh, nothing. You know, uh, the worst experience I had from it, I got um, I got a strike, and my video, my channel got taken down because I did it for a video I never did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a video I never did, and um, I tried to contact them, and that's that's a that's a nightmare in itself. So I just waited it out. Uh, within yeah. a week, they they gave me back some of my privileges, so at least I could get on YouTube. Um, and then within a month then I was up a, a running back at full speed but you know again that's uh, like Mikhail was saying dude I mean they, they are a privately owned company so and they what you know and people ask me a lot of times well how do I co- combat that kind of stuff so that seems unfair and stuff like that well you know become a creator yourself or, yeah. or start the industry yourself when it comes to video games man people will complain of, you know if you have a problem with a game like CFD and felt like it wasn't worth your money you know voice your opinion uh, but also you know look at getting into game development because some of the people do, you know, do, you know. Do.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. One more? Yeah. The last one is uh, from Riku Key. 2 Do you guys fully enjoy your games? Of course. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, ahead. there's, there's
1: not been, there's not been one game that I've purchased um especially on this next general console system um system of games um i have there's not been one game that i've been ever disappointed in in fact a lot of them have have far exceeded my expectations now i will be honest and put this out there really quickly for you guys Man, like i said i'm an old school gamer so i've been around the block a while so i know the kind of games that i like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right i know you know even with my movies there's some movies i look at I'm like no i'm not going to be interested in it and there's other movies i know that i'm going to like um so, I mean, it's just for years of playing and experience and just knowing myself, I highly recommend that everybody does that as gamers. Also, the second the second point being is I've been surprised by some of these uh, developers, you know, and some of the stuff that they've been able to do with these games, you know. You know, I was one, you know, like about 10 years ago, I was one foot out the door, man, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: with gaming. You know, the thing that saved me, and I'll, I'll, and I'll admit it, was COD. And the reason why COD saved me is because I actually got interested in it. You know, it, it kind of pushed my, you know, what I like to do in Halo, took it to that next level. Yeah. Started playing COD, but the reason why I could play that game is because I had a wife and two children,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I could not play video games. But COD, you could jump in, play a couple, you know, find your mm-hmm. little spots in between, wait for the kids to fall asleep. When my kid was a baby, he was all passed out. I had him right there. You can just jump in and out of the games, and that, that kept me in gaming. Yeah. And then with this next generation console cycle, I see them taking the, the, everything to the next level. Again, I am an Xbox guy. Um, I have an Xbox One X, and I have, four, I have the 4K full 4K experience yeah. on a cheap, high-sense 4K television, no less. With 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 what some people consider fake HDR, which is fine. But when I put that game on, that thing looks amazing. Um, and right now, I feel it's good because we're, we're in the, we're in another iteration where gaming has the potential to move forward both in the type of games they produce and the technology itself. Yeah. So yeah, to answer your question, yes, I am very happy with all the games,
0: especially CFDs. Yeah, Love that game. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, there's one of the funniest thing, funny things I wanted to kind of bring up, and I, it's not really a question. It's something that's been running in my head for a while because I, I see a lot of uh, female streamers and, and gamers post on Twitter about how they need to have equality in gaming and all this other stuff, and I find it interesting how they view that there's not when as a society for women to game was always looked down upon for so long. And it's like, they're demanding equality. And I'm like, what's what, what, what is it male gamers have that you don't have? Like it's that, that I've always found that interesting that I'm seeing it so much like, Oh, we need more of this. We need more female gamers. We need for more female league, ga- you know, leads in games or female video game characters and i'm like we have a lot but still as a society a lot of females just don't want a game i don't know
1: (laughs) well i mean for me this is kind of a fair because i'm old school right so i grew up in a time when there there wasn't that game you know i mean it's not because they were forced out of the arcades or people were standing in front of doors forbidding them to come in uh they literally laughed at you when you played
2: games yeah
1: you know you weren't the jog. You weren't the football star, dude. You weren't the popular guy. Um, if you found a girl in the arcade, I'm not saying that girls didn't. Um, at least in my circles, and I lived in an arcade, you'd see mm-hmm. one or two of them. But they were usually there because their big brother was there, or there's some guy that they liked. Yeah. Um, and I was usually playing pinball and, and, and you know giving you a wedgie on your way to the bathroom. Um, so that's the background I come. I think you know because I have that experience. You know, I think it's it's more level than it's ever been. You know, for a lot of the people that I follow, a lot of them are are female gamers and and not because they show their cleavage or not because they're half naked, you know, and a lot of them are not. It's just I'm totally blown away by, um, number one, they're usually very entertaining and that's with any streamer that I follow um, because they're not like me, so that's awesome. Um, Number two is that they're actually gamers and they can game. Yeah. Not, Not everybody, uh, but I think the problem with what's going on with this movement to be inclusive with girls is exactly what Mikhail was saying. Um, if the numbers aren't there, you can't force it. Yeah. You know, if you have a million guys who are into gaming and only 100,000, you know, no matter how much you put all 100,000 into that in, into gaming, it's not going to change the perception of what it is. Is it good that all 100,000 are into it? Can they inspire other girls to get into it? Can Can that change culture? Yeah, definitely. But just because you want it to be that way doesn't mean it's gonna, you know. It's it's interesting to me because a lot of people and and the problem I have with it, this, this is my personal problem with it, and this is my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw Mikhail under the bus with me, but I always say this. Do it's it. Problem throw problem me under you. the bus.
1: <laughs> well,
0: I'm more likely gonna agree with you anyway.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I have a hard time with it because, like I said, I came up in this in I came up in this in this hobby, and this you know. In as a nerd into all this pop culture stuff when it wasn't popular,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so the one place that's been the most open and understanding and everything has been popular culture, it yeah. always has been. Whether you read comic books, whether you play video games, but like, like how me and Mikhail are having this podcast, we became friends over this stuff. And when we were growing up, I mean, I didn't know Mikela when we were growing up, but I'm pretty sure I had the same experience. When we were growing up, you met friends because they read X Men. Or you met friends because they, they they knew about the secret level, you know, skipping all the worlds in Mario, Super Mario, yeah. right? Or you it's met arcade. these people because the arcade, because you could slip the board. Like I, I I knew the I knew the I knew the trick to make the uh, ships run out of bullets in Galaga, and I show people that. But that you had a camaraderie because you had a common, there's a comal, uh, you had a uh, commonality because you guys were all at the same interest, and it just so happened in pop culture with all of this nerd stuff, all these interests kind of cross. They cross-pollinated, so the guy who played Street Fighter ten to one probably read Uncanny X-Men. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that wasn't a far stretch. So the problem I'm having with a lot of people now is like you're coming into this, you're coming into this culture and trying to change it when this culture was the one that started all this acceptance stuff. Yeah. You know, the most popular movie in the in in in, in the world right now is Black Panther.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I actually read the original Black Panther comic books, and there was a social so, that was a social, that was social commentary of its time. And for something like that, as a social, as, as the commentary that it made on, on uh, the social structure of its age, which was the seventies, for it to be alive and well and, and prominent now and people accepting it, that shows how far along we've come.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's just within pop culture, popular culture. So that's another thing I have a problem with, man. It has to me, it has to be organic. And as a person, I, and Mikel, you know, I don't play out my minority status by any stretch of the imagination. I don't really like to do that. But I'll tell you, as a person who grew up, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I said, I'm an older guy, man. I, you know, I've, I've been called names and stuff like that. But I look at the generations before me, they had it a lot worse and the generations before them had it a lot worse. So for me and third, man, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, discussion to have you're all you're already in an area where this is I'm not saying it doesn't have its problems, but you're already within a culture which which already promotes this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's just my teaching. No, that's very true. So look at all the people like yeah I mean I actually look at all the people that get the most follows. I mean of course you have PewDiePie. Yeah. But he's nuts. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> but, is. but I would say across the board the most of, the majority of the people that I know, I follow and my friends follow are, are girls. I mean overwhelmingly. Yeah, um, But, you know,
0: that's, that's just my opinion. But That's a good one. I, I agree, and I, I fully agree with you. Um, I have one uh, friend who's a streamer, and she's a female gamer, uh, Power Level Amy. And you wouldn't even know, other than looking at her name or her avatar, that she was a girl, because she doesn't show her face on camera. She doesn't talk. On the her stream, she just plays video games, and she's a gamer through and through. Yeah. PC, X, uh, no, well, not Xbox, but PC, PS4, Nintendo Switch, uh, old school gaming. She has like a shrine of games, and every game she has, she's played. And, and it's like you don't see that often, but you know, that's yeah, one that's of the cool. girls I
1: follow on uh, on an Xbox. Man, it's my girl Foxy, um, oh. and I like watching her man because she's good at games. Man, she 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 has a she has a great personality, but she's great at games. And she's—that's uh, why I will not play Gears of War with her. <laughs> she <laughs> asking. I'm like, no, I'm not going to play with you, because I mean, I'm not good at that game. And she's very—I mean, she's—it's uh, amazing the amount of talent. That's like I was telling my uh, uh, my son who plays basketball, and you know, for girls, you know, I go and watch uh, my nieces play it, and my daughter tried to get her to play because I'm I mean, a huge basketball guy. I played basketball when I was in high school. Mm. Um, but the level of, of the girls nowadays, you know, this you isn't know, this isn't the, this isn't the the back in the day thing man you know girls they have the opportunity and, and, and if they take advantage of it dude I mean and I'm all for that I am I am all for that but um forcing it no I'm not for it <laughs> not for it, it <laughs> has to be it has to be organic man that's my own thing when you do this stuff like this it has to be organic
0: yeah all right and I guess uh with that we can wrap it up uh thank everybody for uh thank all you guys for watching you know being really active in the chat with the questions and everything. I want to thank uh, Xbox All In for being on this 17th episode of the uh, casting of a podcast. This is amazing, man! I love having you on here. Definitely got to get you back in. Why don't you go ahead and tell people where to where they can find you? Yeah, so
1: YouTube, um, I am Xbox. If you want to follow me, if you're an Xbox gamer and you want to follow me on Xbox, I am uh Sega Forever, all caps, uh, Sega S E G A the number four. Um, EV8
0: Oh. I think we lost him. Uh anyway. Yeah. What happened? Oh wait, did yeah, yeah. I lose me? But... Okay, yeah, sorry about that. guys sorry about
1: that Um but um that's a Sega Forever on Xbox Live. But um uh, thanks for having me on, Mikhail man. Um I think my battery's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, I'll definitely uh come on. Uh, for whatever podcast you want to do. Um, if you want to talk politics, if you want to talk gaming, if you want to talk pop culture, um, whatever, man, I'm game. Man. You know, it's great. And, and again, man, congratulations, dude, on your channel and your success, dude. You're really, really proud of you, dude. You can put in, you know, you put that
0: work in, dude, and it's really paying off. So good job. Yeah, man. Thank you. De- definitely, thank you for that. And, and man, I would love to do a po- uh, pol- political podcast with you. I know a lot of people. It, it's funny. Ever since I've started doing political podcasts and political talks on my channel, I'm I'm shocked at the amount of people that have been receptive to it. I mean, I, I have a lot of hate for it as well. I mean, I get yeah. called a coon and Uncle Tom and all this other stuff. But you know, I've got a lot of people that are like man. I like that perspective. Like that's that's really a good podcast. Like I I like the way you're coming at it. And it's basically, you know, as I've said before, like I, I was a, a democratic person by way of that's just what my family was. You didn't question it. And I, you know, and I'm just in a point now where I'm I, I want to understand what's going on. Cause I'm tired of just, it is the way it is. And I have no control over my life. Like that's, it's just my journey, but yeah, man, we definitely got to get in on a political one and I'll be on your podcast. any anytime you just give me a time, Sure, man, yeah. I'm
1: there. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it. I mean, definitely uh, talk about it. I love uh, all the stuff we're getting. We've got Avengers Infinity War coming up. Yeah, Can't wait for that movie. Um, I think I watched Justice League the other night for the upteen million times. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just put our boys in there, man. I, I just I, I appreciate it. I'm alone, man, man. Um, it's so a good Aquaman, dude. But um, just the overall movie, dude. It's just, it's just a good time to be a nerd, man. It's mean, the time we I never would have thought any of this stuff was possible. But yeah, but definitely, dude, we can do that. We can do it on your channel if you want to.
0: It's all up to you. Man, I'm, I'm flexible either way. All yeah. right, and with that wrapped up, people, definitely make sure you go and subscribe to Sega Forever's channel. I got his link and everything down in the description below. So make sure you go and show him some love. Um, I want to thank you guys for coming on and uh uh being so active in the chat being just so interjected this is really fun for me being able to have other guests other youtubers other uh commentators on the podcast and i want to thank you guys for for the success uh especially on itunes and on um stitcher tune in we've got our biggest audience there where i think on itunes we've just hit over um I think the last time I checked was like over 4 million listens within this year alone. And that's, that's really? crazy. Wow.
1: Awesome. And then, you
0: know, we could just shift some of that over to the YouTube side of it. I would love to have that, but I like the fact that people are listening and they're enjoying it. Um, especially the, the podcasting it's, it's new for me and I'm, I'm having fun with it. So yeah,
1: you're a natural brother. You're a natural. So that's,
0: that's, <laughs> congratulations. And it's funny because I'm actually I'm I'm actually very shy and I, I the thing is I've learned to just I, I'm nervous but I just go with it anyway. And I don't know. A lot of my energy is my nervousness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if it works, man, it works, right? Yeah.
0: All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Uh thank you for coming through and thank you, uh, Xbox All In for being on here. Yeah, been a pleasure.
2: See you guys later.